Hello and welcome to Plot Trist. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Lady Daring Takes a Lover by Julianne Long. So this was published in 2019 and is the first in the Palace of Rogues series. And you guys, it is so good! I love this book. I really love this book a lot. So, the jacket. A mistress. A mountain of debt. A mysterious wreck of a building. Delilah Swanpool, Countess of Daring, learns the hard way that her husband, Dear Doll Daring, is a lot more interesting and perfidious dead than alive. It's a devil of inheritance, but in the grand ruins of the one building Daring left her are the seeds of her liberation. And she vows never again to place herself at the mercy of a man. But battle-hardened Captain Tristan Hardy is nothing if not merciless. When the charismatic naval hero tracks a notorious smuggler to a London boarding house known as the Rogue's Palace, seducing the beautiful, blue-blooded proprietress to get his man seems like a small sacrifice. They both believe love is a myth, but a desire beyond reason threatens to destroy the armor on their hearts. Now a shattering decision looms. Will Tristan betray his own code of honor? or choose a love that might be the truest thing he's ever known. It's not bad, not a bad jacket. Okay, it's not as fun as the book is though. It is not, it's not as fun. Also, it is inaccurate because it is not known as the Rogue's Palace. It's called the Palace of Rogues, as the series would imply. (laughs) Well, and Dear Dull Daring is never used in the text. No, nope. Uh, I think it gets across the essentials, which is that Lady Daring's husband dies. The only thing she inherits is this old building. And then Tristan has to go there and look undercover. And that's how they meet. But other than that, I I don't think it gets across the fun of the book. Because this book is super fun. Yes. So as usual, we generated a random number and wrote our own summaries. And this week, the number was five. Which, you know, is a good change sometimes. But this is a book with a lot packed in where I would have wanted more. I feel like we always get the short ones when I want more words and the long ones when I didn't write my summary before we started recording. Right. Well, here's mine. Bittersweet Widow meets Taciturn Captain. And mine. Former brothels are great hotels. I mean, you know, I actually love that about this book is they go to check out this building. Basically, I have no idea what to expect. And they go in and they're like, wow, this place is great. There are marble floors and this beautiful chandelier and a fully equipped kitchen. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So um, this book, what is the number one trope do you think? Uh, I mean, honestly, for me, it's not a romance trope. It's the, it's the, the wronged women team up trope. So, yeah. Right. So lady daring her husband dies and leaves her completely in debt. Like she has no widow's portion. He, he basically was terrible at money. She has no money. She goes to the solicitor of solicitor's office and this woman who is, was her husband's mistress walks in to see if he's left her a bequest, which of course he hasn't. Uh, and then they end up joining forces to create this really nice hotel. 
Yeah, I liked their relationship a lot. Absolutely. I totally agree. I thought they were, I thought it was great. We've talked a lot actually about how we like female friendships in our romances. And I think this really fit the bill. Well, and I think this doubled down. It was an unlikely friendship, both because wife and mistress and because Delilah is like inherently an optimist. Mm -hmm. No matter how much she gets punched down, she's going to see the bright side in people and situations. And Angelique, Angelica? Angelique. Angelique. Real name Anna, which is why my brain is. (laughs) Yes. Um, Angelique is definitely like world weary, beaten down. Yeah, cynic, you know, believes the worst of everyone. And I liked the way that this was not like a match made in heaven. Right. They liked each other and grew to really care about each other and saw the best in each other, but they also butted heads. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was actually the main trope of this book. But what, I mean, what do you think is the main romance trope? Honestly, I think the fact that he's a spy and keeping yeah. that from her. Yeah, so he's he's undercover. He has an he doesn't have an assumed identity because he doesn't go by a different name or anything. But he has an assignment, and that's yes. why he's there, and he's hiding that from her. Yes, so that's probably the biggest romance novel trope. Though, to this book's credit, in terms of him as a spy, and to it's not detriment because I really loved it anyway, but to it's misfortune for the romance he does not cave and tell her and involve her mm-hmm. as much as i love the they team up to do spy work trope she's kept in the dark until the end and it's clearly a problem for their relationship even mm-hmm. though it's what makes him actually good at his job as right. opposed to reader is told he's good at his job while watching him be bad at his job well i was gonna say that's that's a big thing. A lot of times when we see the, the spy or the the guy who's undercover, who who lets the heroine lets, but, you know, who brings her in on it. A lot of times you're like, would you really do that if you were undercover, you know? Right. Or, like, he clearly lucked into the answer. Yes. Like, we saw some... I mean, I'm going to say this knowing it's like the 1600s and this is a novel or 1800s or whatever. Like what I felt was good spy work. Right. Yes. Yes. Like, yes, I agree. So she is not as nice as she looks. And she tells people that. She tells people that, but they don't believe it because she, as Lane said, she's so optimistic and she does really cute things like sing while she does and she, she's basically one of those women who's just like so cute when you see her and then when she has a mean side you're like whoa what yeah I thought it was authentic absolutely you, mm-hmm. and this is not like the her husband leaving her destitute is not the first bad thing that's ever happened to her Mm-mm. it's very clear that she has been commodified her entire life as many women were in her class in society and so I think it really works. Her optimism isn't naive. Or yes. isn't, isn't unbelievably and stupidly naive. She right. It's not she's not stupidly optimistic because nothing has ever gone wrong for her. She's, I think, defiantly optimistic in spite of the odds. Like I think it's a decision that she makes. And I yes. think that that's actually 
that is brought up in the book in a good way, I think. Yes. Um, she may not be a virgin widow, but she is a widow who has never been brought to orgasm by a male partner. <laughs> yes. This Meg could be ironic. But I decided to be explicit. <laughs> they could be, this could be eye-rolly, but because of the way daring is described, it ended up being almost comic relief. Yes. So I liked it. They, it's, it's explicitly stated by Angelique that while they did engage in extramarital relations, she was mostly procured to act as his social mistress in inappropriate gatherings. Right, right. She's basically his hostess, but for places that, that A Delilah wife couldn't, couldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of explicitly talking about how they need to stop. And that lasts exactly as long as it takes for them to see each other again. Uh, this is one of my absolute favorite tropes. I love it. Whenever it is written, I never have an issue with it. I think it's so great. Yep. But that does lead to one-sided goodbyes ups. Yes, it does. Which is a trope I like less. Yes. I liked it here because it all tied back into him being a good spot. Yes. But also he didn't know. He didn't know. He knew the investigation was coming to an end. That's like, true. It wasn't the same as like, I'm sneaking out in the morning sex. Right. But it was, we have a ticking clock until my duplicity is exposed. Yes. And we talked about this, but the general, her circumstantial plot is dead husband had secret life and left her destitute. Yes. We have had so many books about widows whose lives were upended when their husbands died, not because they were in love, but because their mm -hmm. husbands were hiding something vital to their survival from them. Right. So, uh, I, this is so weird. Like, I like Julianne Long, but when I, after I finish a book and I think about her, I don't think, oh, she's so funny and so fun because she does have a lot of, like, I don't want to say angst, but she has a lot of melodrama and a lot of emotion in her books. But she's really funny. She writes really funny stuff. Yeah. And I don't know why I forget it, but I don't know. She does this, these things with the way people talk. <laughs> so they run a boarding house. One of the men who lives at the boarding house um, his name is Mr. Delacourt. He sells, he basically sells like snake, snake oil. oil. <laughs> yes, <laughs> medical supplements. <laughs> but um, the way he talks is just so funny. It's very authentic. Like it doesn't feel like she's exaggerating anything. Like he's an exaggerated guy, but this doesn't sound like anything that they couldn't say. Um, but for example, he's describing the smell of a cigar and he's like, it smells like the dirt of a hut in which two zebras were fucking. <laughs> and it's just like, it's really funny. It also somehow describes the smell of the cigar. You mentioned to me that the situational comedy of this was very Georgette Heyer-esque. Yes. And I 
completely agree. This boarding house setup with these cast of characters was so much fun. Yeah. And made for so much situational comedy of characters misunderstanding each other or of characters being forthright in a really surprising way. Or, you know, Lady Daring has this maid named Dot who's just basically the most incompetent maid ever, but she makes up for it by being very loyal and very um, enthusiastic. Yes. (laughs) But, and you, the thing is, it's like, you know exactly why Delilah is keeping her around as her maid, you know? Like, we've all had that, that friend in the friend group where you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, she did the silly thing again, you know? Happens. She's so funny. I honestly think my favorite part is when this young man shows up at their place thinking that it's a brothel because it used to be a brothel. Right. He comes in and he's like, tries to order something from the menu. And they're like, we are not, we're sorry, but we are no longer, like this place is no longer a brothel. We are not prostitutes. So we're not going to be accommodating you. And he's like, but, but your name is Lady Daring. And your name is Mrs. Breedlove. He's like, are you sure that this isn't a brothel? And they're like, we're sure. He's trying to like come up with the password that will make them admit they're actually prostitutes. So funny. And then how what they do is they turn up the maternal charm. Like he's not that much younger than them, but they just start treating him like he's their son. And after that, he's like embarrassed to have ever made the mistake. It's it's really really good. And there's also some of that, like, circumstantial, these two people happen to end up in the same place, and not, like, the main romantic couple. Yes. But, like, the background characters to maximize the situational comedy. Yes. That is very reminiscent of, like, romantics. Absolutely. Uh, so the the entire cast of characters is really funny and really fun and sets up a lot of, as Lane said, situational humor. One of the things that I think is unique and interesting about this book is that is that Julianne Long spends so much time setting up the situation mm-hmm. and the relationships not between her main couple. Yes. Um, like I think Hardy and Delilah don't really have any connection until like 25% of the way into the book. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a really interesting choice, especially when you're reading a romance where you're expecting these people to end up together. I mean, and to take us, away so much time. They have that meet cute where mm-hmm. he walks in and he mistakes her for a maid, and then they don't see each other for another couple of pages again. Like it's, and they don't know who each other are during that meet cute, and it's mm-hmm. not like they're making out on the street or anything dramatic. It was, it was paced really well. Yes. Which I don't usually say when they, when the main romantic couple isn't talking or hooking up. Yes. I, like, I don't think we're bored. We were getting to know the characters so that when they did meet, we could understand why they were well-suited. Yeah. So I think that's why it worked. Because otherwise I would have been like, it took them too long to meet, too long to get together, unrealistic, because then they would take, then they would jump into bed with each other right away. But that didn't happen either, you know? Yep. Anyway. I love their pairing. They're a really good couple for each other. I'm So she's like minor aristocracy who married station but not love. Mm-hmm. 
to save her family from financial ruin as an only child. But she clearly felt very burned, not just by her husband, but by her entire social class, by both her marriage and the situation she was left in when her husband passed. And so I, I like, it is not authentic or believable at all that a woman of her station would start a hotel with her husband's mistress. And yet I totally believed it here. Yeah. Because, because of who she is, you know, you'd be yes. like, okay, I guess that was one of those weird stories or whatever, you know? And I buy Tristan as this captain who worked his way up from nothing. And he is, by the way, a sad, tragic orphan TM. Sad, tragic yeah. orphan, grew up in what, Seven Dials or St. Giles, you know? <laughs> yep. And I, I thought his vision for his future and also the idea that like, he was a busy person Mm-hmm. who'd put other things first, but you kind of got why now he was interested in settling down and falling in love. Mm-hmm. I love it when romance novels manage to incorporate both the lightning strike of the right person along with establishing that their characters are in the right place and frame of mind. Yes. Yes. Uh, just really well executed. The whole thing yes. was just really well done. I also like, so Tristan's job, so he's a naval captain, but his job is not like going out to sea and, and capturing privateers or whatever. His job is actually stopping the smuggling trade. Uh, and in so many books, we've talked about this in many books, smuggling is seen as this sort of almost like a victimless crime. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, it's like, this is the way that you know, men in our town make their living, they're smugglers, but it's no big deal. And they all, or there's all drinking smuggled brandy or whatever. And I liked not only that he was very upright and very convinced, morally convinced that smuggling was wrong, but also um, Julianne Long did a good job of show, showing how it was wrong and not a victimless crime either. So anyway, I liked it a lot especially in comparison with a lot of other historical romances. I did find Tristan a little bit obnoxious at times. Oh, he was very, I agree with you that smuggling is not a victimless crime and they showed it, but he also got a little to pulled myself up by my own bootstraps and other people should do. And my only criticism of this book, honestly, is that if that was Tristan's opinion, I thought he was a well-developed character. But there were times where I couldn't tell if it was Tristan's opinion or Julianne Long's opinion. Right. And I did find it a little problematic. Yes. I mean, for me, I took it as this is this was a part of his character. Yes. Um, that is an option. Yes. But, uh, you know, it, it's true that it wasn't made clear that, you know, there, there was, was no... That was not an acceptable viewpoint or that that, that viewpoint wasn't challenged by right. the fact that you know, people are disadvantaged by their circumstances too, and certain things cannot just be overcome by will. Yes, there's there's no foil character who fell into smuggling because he couldn't make a living otherwise, or something or like even that. Lady Daring just challenging. Mm-hmm. Hey, you judge a lot of people. You have no way to actually empathize with. Yeah. What did you think of the of Tristan's grand gesture? I loved it so much. So much, Lane. I was so number one, I was not expecting it. And number two, it was perfect. 
it showed that he listened and appreciated to Delilah. Like, he listened to her and he appreciated her. And that he went out of his way to make it happen. And I thought it was amazing. It also did a thing where it put actual historical figures in as characters. And that's a thing that I can often be annoyed by. And I thought it was executed pitch perfectly here. I agree. I thought it was well done. It didn't give this person who appears was not like it's not like um, uh, Queen Elizabeth in Shakespeare in Love, for example. Yeah. <laughs> who shows up and like, I don't know, sees the truth of everything and makes little witty comments. You know, that didn't happen here. <laughs> no. I thought it was great. It was very much a gesture for her. Yes. Which also made it great. So yeah, you sometimes those sort of historical insertions can bother me. It did not here. Um, any content warnings you want to put out there? So there is, there is an example of um, sexual assault in yes. this book. So it does, it does happen. Um, it's very clearly. Um, wrong so it it is not it doesn't take place between two main characters um it's nothing like that nothing that someone gets forgiven for later or whatever right uh that said and this seems to happen a lot in books and i don't love it which is that sex with someone they want to have sex with happens immediately following the sex that they didn't want to have with someone they didn't want to have it with, if that yeah. makes sense. No, yeah. Here's what I'll say this did well. It was taken seriously. It was not comic relief. And I like that even in her moments of greatest fear, there was not a, like, this is the worst thing that can happen to a woman. I'd rather die than be taken by force. Like, not that those aren't potentially legitimate thoughts, depending on the circumstance, but, like, I'm glad it wasn't played up to put her in a situation that made her in danger socially as well as sexually. Right, right. It wasn't, I'm going to, the reason I am accosting you is not only to have sex with you, but also to force you to be my wife or it's like slut shaming or anything like right. that. Am I disappointed that what finally brought these characters together was her potentially having a choice in her sex life taken away and therefore deciding to make a choice? Yes. I thought these characters deserved a much better impetus. Yes, than- they did. They deserve, they deserve better. Yes. Okay. Was this book sex? Well, do you, I'm sorry. Do you have anything else you want to mention? That was my same exact one, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Other than that, was this book sexy? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, these two characters are into each other from the moment they see each other. Mm -hmm. And then they get to know each other and they're into each other more. Uh Uh-huh. And then... They kiss each other and they're like even more into each other. I don't know, just the whole like the escalation of it was like perfect. Yes. So I thought it was really sexy. Me too. 
but yeah, overall, I thought it was super sexy. I liked that they never come to bed. <laughs> I mean, they kind of did, but not really. <laughs> I loved it. So good. Loved it. I One of the things that I actually really liked about it was you could tell they were really into each other. They were, you know, super caught up in the moment, super caught up in each other. But the first time they hook up, she also is, like, noticing things about the room and the couch. You know, like, gosh, who would have thought when I bought this couch that I would be naked on it or whatever, yep. you know? Because, like, that's what happens. If you think about Stephanie Lawrence, like, in Stephanie Lawrence, she doesn't, the, the woman in the tryst will not under, she'll be like, oh, I feel a little draft. And she'll look down and she's like, wow, I had no idea he was unbuttoning my clothes. And I'm like, that doesn't, like, no matter how into the sex you are, you don't miss the fact that he's unbuttoning your clothes. Yeah. You know? Anyway, that didn't happen here. And I, I really appreciated it. It wasn't like so realistic that I was like, this isn't sexy, you know? <laughs> right. No, I just, I really bought them. Mm -hmm. And that elevated everything else. And then points for bath time sexiness. Uh, parts for cleanliness, props for um, him wearing only a towel, props for the rest of the bath. Everything, everything about it. Uh, they, they were very sexy together. 100%. So in case you can't tell, we recommend this book. Highly recommend. Check it out. Uh, and we would love to chat with you about it as well. Check us out on Instagram because we are actually having a Julianne Long read-a-thon. Read-along. We're actually having a Julianne Long read-along. Those words together are hard to say. Um, so check out our Instagram if you're interested in joining in. And thank you guys so much for listening.